0: Hi, this is Melissa McBride, and I play Carol on The Walking Dead, and you're listening to The Talking Dead. The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC-TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 131 for Monday, the 4th of November, 2013, coming to you once again from The Talking Dead Studios.
1: Yeah, we're home now
0: in good old cold Toronto, Ontario, Canada. It's beautifully cold. We woke up this morning at uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. And we just arrived back at the studio at 5 minutes to 6 in the evening in Toronto. It was a long day of traveling. We took two airplanes and a car. Two cars. Two cars. And we're finally here.
1: We went to, uh, where did we go? Baltimore, and then Buffalo, and then Toronto, That's and started in Atlanta. That's
0: absolutely right. So we visited a lot of places on the way home, but we have made it. Everything is fine. The only hitch in the whole thing was a little bit of traffic coming into Toronto. Yeah. We arrived here right in the heart <laughs> of rush hour, so yeah. what, what are you going to do?
1: Well, it's good to be back.
0: It is. I do feel good to be back. We are going to do our regular podcast tonight, at least our regularly scheduled podcast. It may not be quite a regular podcast.
1: We are very irregular.
0: <laughs> that's because we've been traveling for the weekend. That's <laughs> yeah. that's what happens it, when you go away from home. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first thing we want to do is just talk briefly about the last couple, or basically the last day of Walker Stalker Con, which was Sunday. Yep. Today's Monday, right?
1: It is. So we yep. got we, the last one we did was Saturday afternoon ish. So we've got Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night, and then the episode. Well, let's just uh, talk <clears throat> briefly about Saturday night. Saturday night. The party.
0: That was the big zombie bash party. It was the zombie bash.
1: First, we saw Emily Kinney, though.
0: Oh, that's right. We saw her little concert, which was very nice. It was. She's, she's quite pleasant uh, on stage. That was fun. Yeah. It was, it was good. A very, um, I don't want to say low key, but it was a very, uh, it wasn't a rock concert. It it was was a, it was
1: relaxed. It was friendly. It was intimate. It was, uh, it was really nice.
0: A sit down affair, not a stand up and mosh pit kind of affair.
1: Right, yeah. Very, very little, very little moshing, from what I could see (laughs) from where I was
0: sitting. Just a bit, but not very much. That's right. Uh, It was quite, it was quite nice. After that, we did the party. Um, everybody was there. It was loud. It was dark. It was flashy. There was some food. There was drinks. There were, uh, there was an ice sculpture that was pretty awesome.
1: It was. Should we tell people what the ice sculpture was? Uh, well, it was, uh, It's not yeah. a secret. No, it's not a secret anymore. It was a secret up until the event, but it was, uh, uh, blocks of ice with skulls in it and it made it look like the, uh, the fish tanks with the zombie heads.
0: <laughs> yeah, zombie heads, not really skulls, but... We're skullish. Well, they were, there were skulls in there somewhere, but yeah, f- blocks of ice Uh, uh, a a grid of six of them with zombie heads in them, and then the idea was it just slowly melted over the course of the evening, revealing the zombie heads. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool idea. It was really cool. From what I understand, that was all James's idea from the Walker Stalkers. all right. So that was fun. There was a big costume party, some really good costumes. Oh, yeah,
1: fantastic costumes.
0: I didn't think that people dressed up at this con quite as much as they did at the other conventions I've been to. It could have just been a function of the size. Yeah, that's true. I can hear my kids. They just came home. Yeah, I
1: think they did. All right. I'll
0: go say hi to them later. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't seen them for four days, but you know, (laughs) podcast. Um, But the costumes at the party were spectacular. They were. They were really, really good. Um, And so many people went up on stage to try to win the contest that it took a while to figure out who the winner was. But if I'm not mistaken it was sergeant beaker it was it was uh, a a toss-up between sergeant beaker and zombie jesus zombie jesus was good the guy dressed as herschel was good and i think that was mostly because it was barely a costume
1: yeah it was there was a lot of question as to whether or not that's just some guy who looks like herschel or whether it was some guy who looks like herschel dressed up as herschel well real beard real white
0: beard (laughs) real ponytail same hair and then he just put on like herschel's outfit and did the persona oh, and
1: man can you imagine if he did an elective leg amputation Oh, that's that's dedication. <laughs> that's hardcore
0: right that's there hardcore <laughs> you can't do that in the states though it's too expensive you
1: can't do it in Canada either you can't electively chop off your leg
0: true true and uh, yeah that would be hardcore a little too much yeah I know somebody who's gotten a tattoo for a joke to 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 keep a joke going that's as close as you can come to that sort of thing well, tell I
1: me did. that story later that sounds interesting
0: yeah okay um so that was awesome and then Sunday we we ditched the con mostly in the morning. We, we went, went
1: to Glen, or we went to uh, yeah, we went to Stephen Yoon,
0: which was good. It was great. It was, great. was nice. Um, a lot of people asked good questions. A very adorable little girl got up and asked if she could trade hats with
1: him. Yeah, which he obliged. Uh, mostly, he would. He wasn't the hat he was actually wearing at the time. Apparently, was a was a gift, so he was reluctant to give that hat up. Yep. but he offered to get the uh, the little girl's information and to trade another hat. For the one that uh, that she had on. What a swell guy. Eh? Yeah, that
0: was very sweet. Very good. So that was a lot of fun. And then we basically, after that, ditched the con, rented a car, and drove out into the countryside of Georgia, mm-hmm. as much as we could anyways, in one day. We visited Sonoy, yep. which is also Woodbury, of course. Yeah, Went to the Woodbury shop. We did. We saw where they had built the big wall barricade. Yep. And uh, it was very easy to, you know project back to the show and, yeah. and think about the government governor walking across the street and Yeah, all that it was like stuff. oh yeah that's
1: the place right there
0: it's basically it yeah, yeah. um so that was really kind of cool it we had a lovely
1: uh breakfast at what was it called uh katie lou's cafe katie lou's cafe that was uh that was wonderful it I had was a, i had an omelet with a biscuit and uh, cheesy <laughs>
0: grits <laughs> same thing me same as i had and it was good if you're in sonoi georgia go to Katie Lou's cafe.
1: They were friendly. It was wonderful. It was a great experience. I love that uh, that little cafe.
0: It really was. After that, we left, drove around for a little while, and eventually ended up in Grantville, mm-hmm. Georgia, which is where the episode Clear was shot. Right. So that was the Morgan episode. Yeah. That was just as good as Senoy. It was. It was great. In terms of location spotting, uh, that that uh run down old brick wall sort of thing where he was in hammering away and working was right there they passed it a few times in the episode They did you could see where all of the traps had been set up all that kind of stuff there's like nobody around except for tourists going to check out the (laughs) location Yeah, it was very popular amongst (laughs) people taking pictures going
1: whoa this is
0: where the and all that kind of stuff this is where morgan was exactly so that was a lot of fun and uh that's Pretty much all we did Walking Dead related that day, because like I said, we only had basically the afternoon right. to do it. We had to get back to um, Atlanta for some events that evening, mm-hmm. most notably the new episode. Right. So we, uh, we
1: uh, they screened the episode, mm-hmm. and we were there uh, able to watch it with uh, a bunch of people, which was really nice.
0: Yeah, we got into the big main ballroom there. They had it on big projection TVs. Season 4, Episode 4, and uh, the room was full of full of fans, so it was fun. It was the first time I've watched Walking Dead in a public setting like that with other fans.
1: I think it might be the first time I've watched uh, a Walking Dead episode with uh, someone other than you or my wife.
0: Although I was there.
1: No, I mean, you were there, <laughs> right, that's true, but some additional people
0: other than you and my wife. Mm-hmm. James and Eric were there, Jason was there from the Walking Dead cast, um and lots and lots of fans too. Yeah. After that, we we did a short live podcast with them, which kind of turned into the Chad L. Coleman show. It did. Which is totally <laughs> fine because Fantastic. He, he showed up and hopped up on stage and sat in on the panel. So yeah. if you want to hear that, make sure you listen to the the um Walker Stalkers podcast. I, I don't know if it's up yet, but I'm sure it'll be going soon.
1: Yeah, that was fun.
0: It was really fun. And I mean, Chad or uh, um uh, yeah, Chad had lots to say, lots to talk about uh, in this episode, and he
1: was he was very interesting. Yeah, and he slammed the door pretty hard on a theory of mine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You, you threw something out there, and he's yeah. like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, it's hard to argue with because he knows. Yeah, right? absolutely. He, he knows what's going on. I have a theory, and uh, apparently that theory is way wicked wrong, which well, is fine because that's good information, right? It is good
0: information, although you don't know really, he does know what happens and he had a lot to say about it, but he's also not going to give anything away, you know?
1: No, but I think it's pretty telling that when he, when I have a theory in, in and he disputes that theory that he's right, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah. It's not a matter, it's not a matter of argument or a matter of opinion or, you know, there's, there's not a lot I can do to, you know, uh, shore up my case for what I think. True. Because uh, all he has to do is say, no, that's not going to happen. And it's done. And it's done.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unless he's lying. Unless he's just saying no, because you're right on, you've hit the nail on the head. He yeah,
1: was he he was, uh, yeah, I, he was, I, he was a little too uh, prompt with, with his response yeah. after that. But he was polite enough to let me finish my theory, though. That's true. That was wonderful. Very nice guy. I, I had
0: met him the day before, too. Right. And uh, chatted for a few minutes. I told him he should be signing hammers. He should. <laughs> he totally should. I, I would have got a sign Chad L. Coleman Hanner, hammer. Hammer for sure.
1: I would have brought in a uh, one of those uh, metal carving tools so he could carve uh, <laughs> uh, engrave his name into the steel of the hammer. That might uh, he might charge extra for that. Um, I would pay extra for that. <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> Get him to do that, start a metal carving. I'm
1: gonna, yeah, I'm going to bring a whole uh, engraving kit and a metal hammer to whatever con that he's at that I'm near Good. next
0: time. Good luck getting in.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've got this hammer and this uh, graving tool and uh, yeah. some explosives in my bag. Do you mind if I bring them and have uh, Chad L. Coleman sign, <laughs> sign them and then blow something up? Sure, come on in.
0: Yeah, I don't see that happening.
1: Yeah. So anyways, Walker Stalker Con
0: overall was like the best time ever. It was super fun. It was... My favorite con that I've been to, probably. Oh,
1: absolutely. I've got uh, two things I wanted to say about the con overall. Let's hear it. Now that we're over. One is that every single day I had a moment that was uh, this is the best thing (laughs) about this con. Uh-huh. And then like, it seems like 15 minutes later, I would have that exact feeling again. It's just like, oh, okay, forget that crap. This is the best thing that's going to happen at this con. <laughs> and then like 20 minutes later, it's like, okay, forget that garbage. This, this is awesome. And this is the best thing. And that happened every single day, right up until the last thing we did, sitting up there uh, that with that podcast with Chad Elkman.
0: However, truly, bottom line is the best thing about Walker Stalker Con is Lou Temple. Uh, well yeah (laughs) he is a fun guy let's just put it that way he's a very fun guy he is a fun guy
1: he's the uh yeah he's one of those guys that it just seems that the uh the party just follows him around
0: follows him around if the party is not there when he gets there it is after he arrives and uh yes he he knows what he's doing when it comes to having a good time yeah, he really does really does he uh, uh, lou lou temple of course is the actor who played a- axel if anyone is or jasper has forgotten or jasper yeah depending depending on what you want to call him right uh but he's he's a lot of fun but yeah walker stalker con just so great i am looking forward to next year already uh, I think where there's going to be details about next year starting to come out even as soon as the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So keep your eyes out for that. And if you didn't come this year, for whatever reason, start saving your money now, plan your vacation. You're going to
1: want to be there. Yeah. And then the, uh, the other thing I wanted to say was that, uh, the fact that this was, uh, a smaller con, like we went to New York Comic Con, uh, last year and it's, you know, when they're when they have panels and they have uh, the signings, uh, you know, when they the celebrities show up to sign autographs and and meet, uh, do their meet and greets and that kind of stuff, when they when they arrive and when they go, they go through secret hallways, right, to their secret hotels where you never see them again. Mm-hmm. This con, you just walk past people in the hallway. Yeah, it's just like, hey, look, it's whatever. It's 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 like more than a dozen times you just passed people walking around you ran into people at the local restaurants having dinner it's just like hey look it's good and so it was just so fantastic that it was so small that you felt like uh i felt like it was it was a part of uh they were a part of the whole thing rather than just being the celebrity guests
0: yeah they were more they were more a part of it exactly there there are far fewer secret passageways At this location, I guess, you know,
1: you know, you're walking down the hall. and It's just like, oh, it's Danai Guerrero.
0: Yeah, there's Danai Guerrero. We Uh, passed Iron E in the hall. I passed Giancarlo Esposito on the escalator, you know, and uh, Emily Kinney as she was arriving, I think, you know, so everyone was just there. Um, Lori
1: Holden just walked past us. We've mentioned that before, but it's just, you know, you're standing there and all of a sudden like, hey, look, it's and uh, it was awesome.
0: And she's like twice as tall as me and and skinny as a post. And way,
1: (laughs) way prettier
0: than you are way way (laughs) more beautiful than me boy oh boy in real life she is quite something yeah uh they really uh you know roughed her up for the show they really did (laughs) so it was amazing walker stalker con was just great i i mean we should do a huge round of applause and a big thank you to james and eric for putting this thing on because we were talking about it on the way home and and you were saying that they probably had no idea what they were getting into when they decided to do this. They didn't know how hard it would be, but yet they managed to pull it off somehow. And thank
1: God, really, because if they did know how hard it was going to be, they may not have started. They probably would have just been like, that's impossible. Yeah, that you can't do
0: that. That's too much work. Two guys cannot do this kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I know they didn't do it alone. They had a lot of help. There were tons of fantastic volunteers, and uh, just everybody involved did an A1 job, I, I got to say. All right, Jason, should we move on and talk about season four, episode four, Indifference? I think we shall. All right. So, we're going to do our um, recap of it, which we are um, known for uh, doing these ridiculously in depth, detailed recaps. And that's not going to be any different tonight, people. Ridiculous? Uh, Ridiculously in depth. Okay, that's I'd I'd say that deserves ridicule. (laughs) Well, all right, Um, maybe it does. It may. I don't know. (laughs) Let's see. Let's see how it goes. I'm ridiculing you right now. Cold open. All right, Rick, rebandaging his hand. Mm -hmm. I should do this like an actual script. (laughs) Rick rebandaging his hand, looking longingly at the uh, floor in the distance. (laughs) I don't know. Um, If only we could get a script. If we can get our hands on a script, maybe we could do a, a reading. Yeah, that would be fun. I don't see that happening No, me neither. <laughs> anyways Rick's rebandaging his hand we've see Carol with her uh, knife and Lizzie knocks on the window so they're going to talk through the quarantine window yeah and um, she says that Rick's prepping for a run and what we see during the cold open now is kind of intercut uh, or cut with Carol and Lizzie's conversation as a voiceover right um they uh carol tells her that they're going on the run because they lost all their food in cell block d and lizzie says nobody's died yet but people are quite sick in in the quarantine that's good so that's good to know exactly and uh lizzie starts talking about that at least people get to come back if they die. They may not be people, but they're something, they're someone, she says. Right. So Lizzie has a very childlike attitude towards zombieism. Mm-hmm. People die, at least they come back. And Lizzie says she's strong. And while we're while we hear her talk, her and Carol talking about this stuff, we see Rick going to get more gas for the car, and he goes by Karen's room, where I guess she was sick and he imagines carol there stabbing her in the head and dragging her body out yeah which was an interesting scene an interesting thing for this show to do actually it really was we see carol again with lizzie she tells lizzie to uh that when she's in danger what she has to do is run until she's safe and there is no danger run as fast as she can which is sort of interesting i thought because before carol was telling the kids you know you gotta fight or at least saying maybe sometimes you'll have to fight. Mm-hmm. That's why she's teaching them how to use knives, right? But in this case, she says, run away. Um, but she also does say, don't be afraid to, to kill, I guess, when you need to.
1: Right. So uh, flight or or fight. Fight or flight. Yeah. One, one or the other. Pick one and do it until you're safe.
0: You have to be prepared to do either. Uh, Rick is packing the car. He unrolls a pack of knives, and he does find one of the knives missing. Now, if I'm not mistaken, that is the knife Lizzie has because Carol gave it to her, correct?
1: Uh, I would assume so. I don't know if that's absolutely correct, but that uh, that seems like a valid assertion.
0: I think that's the implication of the scene, anyways, that that knife is yes, the one. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's the one that Lizzie has after Carol gave it to her. And I think Rick is just making a mental note that that knife is gone. And, you know, a knife was used in the uh, killing of Karen and David. Yep, yep so lizzie calls carol mom but carol doesn't like that so much nope says don't call me mom but she kind of finishes the conversation with you know what you have to do is um fight and don't give up and uh one day we all change and what she means is that you know someday you'll you'll come around and be okay with you know fighting and killing and doing what you got to do to stay alive yeah We go to the opening credits, and when we come back, now I'm going to do this a little bit differently than usual, Jason. Okay. From here on in, we've got two very distinct storylines. Yes. We've got the group, Daryl and the gang, going for medicine and what happens after last week's episode when they got stuck on the road, and we've got Rick and Carol going on their food-slash-medicine run somewhere else. Right. And they're distinct stories, and that's it. We don't see anything more at the prison this whole episode. So Maggie is not in this one. Glenn is not in this one. Herschel's not in this one. Everybody back at the prison basically are not in this episode. Yeah.
1: So th- this would be considered a bottle episode then. Kind of. But oh. we, have, we do have a lot of characters. We do have a lot of characters. We have a subset of the characters, though. It's not all of the characters. We don't get everybody's story. Right. This. We only get two specific stories. Exactly.
0: Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to treat each one separately. I'm going to first do Daryl and the gang. And then we'll do Carol and Rick. Right. Instead of jumping back and forth like the episode
1: did. All right. So you want to go with uh, Daryl and the gang and Carol and the gang?
0: Daryl and the gang, Carol and Rick. (laughs) (laughs) Carol and her, uh, whatever. (laughs) Um, So it's going to be a little different. We'll see how this goes. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen. Anyways, when we come back from credits, the opening credits, we are on the medicine run. Tyrese, he's washing his shirt in a river washing the blood out of his shirt which i guess it got soaked in when he was hammering all oh the yeah
1: it would get all kinds of gore and stuff on there yeah it's this is uh this is i was thinking about this uh the scene where he was washing washing the shirt and it was very kind of uh, a turning point right he was cleansing he was cleansing it was yeah. a very kind of a, a religious uh you know the uh, the baptismal scene it wasn't him being uh, cl- uh, you know washed clean but it was his shirt <laughs> It was,
0: um, yeah. I don't know if I see it that way because he himself doesn't really come out of it any with any changed outlook. You you think no. with this sort of cleansing, you'd need to come out clean on the other side. And I don't think he's clean yet.
1: No, it's not necessarily. I don't think it's necessarily like a baptismal where you you know the, your old self is washed away and you're a new self uh, from that point forward. I think it's the beginning of the uh, like it's just being getting over the hump, like mm-hmm. over the hill of the, the difficult uh, kind of thing. And after this, it's starting to heal. Maybe, although Bob
0: says it's time to go. There's going to be a town up the street a bit. And, you know, Tyrese says, what's the point, basically, because they lost the whole night. So everybody at the prison's probably dead already, including Sasha. Right. So he's still pretty negative. I don't know if he's... It, it may be the first step, um, but, yeah, he's he's got a uh, long way to go. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> As they're walking along, Daryl finds, now I thought he said Jasmine, but uh, I got to go back and check that because he picked up a rock, which is, I think it's a mineral that starts with J. I can't remember now what it was, but he picks it up and he says that Mrs. Richards asked him for it. And Michonne questions him and says, you know everybody back there? It's Jasper.
1: Jasper is a mineral. Yeah,
0: so I think he actually did oh is it Jasper? It's Jasper. So I think he actually did say Jasper.
1: All right. So we finally have Jasper in the show. <laughs> we do. <laughs> and it's in the form of a rock. It's that an inanimate object, on. but that's okay. I will take it.
0: Yeah, there you go. You were right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he said jasmine for some reason, but I didn't think that was correct because it Jasmine's a plant, right?
1: Jasmine is a plant. Yeah. I also knew a lady named Jasmine at one point.
0: Sure. Well, it's a plant. And I guess he picked up Jasper. So he said Mrs. Richards needs it, and Michonne questioned him about knowing everyone there. And he said, yeah, that's what happens when you stick around for more than five minutes. You get to know people. Yeah, he's being a bit of a dick here. That was that was a dick thing to say. It kind of was, but Michonne took it okay. The look on her face was like, maybe he's right. No, the
1: look on her face was, you're being a dick.
0: No, I think she looked disappointed. A little bit in her, maybe disappointed that, yes, he was being a dick, but disappointed in herself in that she hasn't, paid attention enough to the people that are around her and helping her survive right that's the feeling i got anyways they continue they come to a gas station did you notice what said on the price sign i did not oh really it's the first thing i saw when the camera was panning down so gas
1: station sign yep and it was upside down yes yeah i didn't i noticed the numbers were upside down but i don't know what it did it spell something it was an upside down four Yep. What what's
0: that look like? H. And then a backwards three. E. And then two upside down sevens.
1: L L. The it said hell. H. E. double hockey sticks.
0: Exactly.
1: I noticed the upside down numbers, I didn't put it all together.
0: Yeah, no, it spelled the word hell. I I picked up on it immediately for some reason and I thought that was kinda kinda clever. Um so they get there. There's a whole bunch of dense overgrown bush. In, tree fell. In front of the thing. A tree fell? It was a tree. The tree
1: fell. Oh. And it was covered
0: covered pretty much everything. So they started hacking away at it, and underneath they find a van, but Daryl cannot hotwire it because it does not have a good battery. Battery sucks. So as he goes to tap on the window, a zombie comes to the window, and everybody in the room where we were watching just gasped in fear.
1: Yeah. Was, well, I, was I knew great. it was going to happen, so it didn't surprise me. I know, but a lot of the people... Yes, it was very... Yeah, the, the audience was uh, did react, and it was fun to... It was fun to be there for
0: that sort of thing. Yeah. Um so they're clearing more overgrown bush and uh, Tyrese again, he's just really going nuts on this stuff. He is very angry at that fallen tree. Yes. And um uh he's cutting away with great vigor, just like he was digging graves furiously in the uh, previous episode. Yeah. And behind the the bush or the tree, there's a door that's kind of wired shut and there are zombies behind it. So the more they cut away, the more the zombies are going to get through. And suddenly, of course, they do.
1: That's because uh, Tyrese's uh, machete had that little hook thing on the end, Mm -hmm. the Gerber knife that has the hook thing on the end. He got that caught in the wires that were holding the door shut. And in order to get it out, he had to yank on it with his mighty strength and pulled the wires out and therefore released the door. Right. So zombies sort of pushed through and started coming out
0: through the bush, which I thought was an awesome sort of scene. Like none of them, like first an arm reaches out and grabs Daryl and then like a head comes out. And I thought this was pretty clever. It was fun. Yeah. Like zombies busting out from the unknown kind of, you know? And uh, so the, the other three, Bob and Michonne and, and uh, Daryl manage to, you know, kill or get get away from the zombies. But Tyrese, he just won't really let go of the zombie. He's trying to pull it through. Yeah. Trying yep. to pull it out, basically. Yeah. And eventually he does. He ends up with it on top of him, and uh, Daryl pulls it off, and Bob shoots it in the head. Mm-hmm. And then finally, Michonne questions, what the hell was, were you doing? Just let go next time. You would have been fine. Yeah. So they enter the gas station. It's dark, and Daryl and Bob find a battery, which is good. They're looking for a battery for the car. Michonne and Ty are outside still cutting the overgrown tree, and Michonne says that Ty should have let him go, and she doesn't want to see him die. Yeah, what's wrong with you?
1: Why did you let him go?
0: We had a perfectly good (laughs) solution here. Everything would be fine. Um, And I liked her quote. She said, anger makes you stupid, and stupid gets you killed. Yeah. It was a good one. Put that on a shirt. That's that is a pretty good That's shirt.
1: that has got to go on her shirt.
0: <laughs> Somebody do that. And but Ty counters with um with her missions to go get the governor. And uh she says, Aren't he says, Aren't you angry about that? And she's not anymore. She just basically wants to kill him.
1: Yeah. So, I'm not angry. I'm still gonna kill him as soon as I see him, but you know, I'm not mad.
0: Yeah. But she also and he he, he kind of presses her on it and like he says, Why are you like why are you doing that? If you're not angry, just let it go. And her only response is, I don't know. So she's single focused in that in that desire for revenge with the governor. Yeah. Um. Even though she told Daryl that uh, she's gonna stick around for a while. So.
1: Well, if he shows up, she's gonna kill. Him. I don't think she's gonna necessarily go seek him out anymore. But if she sees him, she's yeah, she kill him. She
0: said, if he was here, I'd cut him in half. Yeah. Because that's the way it needs to be. She, I th- she probably just believes in some sort of, you know, balance in the universe. You know, like mm-hmm. he was so evil, and no one he hasn't paid the price for that yet and she wants to be the person to set things set things right right you know um inside daryl and bob discover that the people that worked there drank antifreeze and killed themselves
1: that's a very painful way to die
0: is it really i would think so well they showed puke on the floor (laughs) and then a cup and then a bottle of uh, i think it was antifreeze yeah you think that'd be painful I, i really do probably wouldn't be very nice no anyways uh, Daryl doesn't seem to have any respect because they killed themselves, but Bob says, "Look, people survive until they can't do it anymore, and uh, sometimes they just gotta take the easy way out." Yeah. They find one trapped on the ground. Daryl leaves it there, but Bob stabs it in the head. Um. So then outside, Daryl asks Bob about his previous group. So we're gonna lo- learn something about Bob. You know, Bob's history here. Yeah. A bit. And uh, Bob says he was the only survivor of two previous groups of people and uh, that he almost didn't ever want to come with Daryl to join the group because he felt like he was a curse. He was like, everyone around me keeps dying. Right. And I'm the only survivor. (laughs) I don't want to be the only survivor constantly. Yeah. He'd rather be on his own. And then he confesses his drinking problem to Daryl and tells him about the big spot and uh, he decides that his actions are what got Zach killed right so he's feeling guilty about that but Daryl being Daryl says that's bullshit and he at this point clearly seems to think that Bob is a changed man I guess because he didn't take the booze from the big spot right um, and Daryl says Bob won't be standing alone anymore he has friends now everything's fine just do uh, what we need and everything will be good and uh, they all get in the car and and drive off mm-hmm. so what do you think about Bob's confession here do you think Daryl I mean I think Daryl did the right thing to say look you put the bottle down so you're good you're good in my book
1: and and that's how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. Is that he yes he picked up that bottle yes he thought about it but he did put that bottle down and that's a very important uh, step
0: to take for uh, an alcoholic despite the fact that that is what you know caused the shelf to fall down and then the zombies to rain in and so on the the big like the big thing is that he made the right choice.
1: Yes, it the yeah the choice and the intent intent was still there, but uh yes he did cause the accident that uh, that caused all that crap <laughs> to happen. A bit of bad luck, really. Bit on, of bad luck, on but on uh, it's not because he's well, it is sort of because he's an alcoholic. But you can take anything that happens and draw a line. If you go far enough back, you can draw it to you know anything can start it. You know, if the Big Bang never happened, then this universe would never be here, and therefore I would never be an alcoholic, and then my mother would still be alive. <laughs>
0: right. Right. Yes. You, I guess so, yes. But so in that, you know, with that in mind, the important thing is he didn't take that booze at the time. Right. Um, so, yeah, they start the car and they leave, and when we come back to them, they are on foot again, but now they're at the veterinarian hospital, so they've gotten to their ultimate goal finally. Right. And they go inside and start searching. Bob finds some stuff on the ground. Uh, looks like some books and personal items, maybe from someone who died nearby. And uh, then we see Bob and Michonne grabbing some medicine, which is good. They're finding what they need, I guess. And Daryl and Ty come back into the room and say they got everything on the list. So, done. A-, a okay, done. Let's hit the road. As they're leaving down a very dark hallway, though, they find some zombies. They run into an equally dark room. Zombies are coming in from multiple directions at this point. So they're yep. sort of getting cornered in this room, and it's pitch black, and it's very intense. Nobody knows really what's going on. Um, Bob says to—they find there's some zombies trapped behind a door, and what they want to do is open the door, kill those zombies so they can get out that way, right? basically. But Bob says they have to be careful because these zombies probably have the flu, too. Right, <laughs> they're infected. They're not just zombies trying to eat us. They're also infected. They're, and they're infected gonna, zombies. They're, oh my god, they're gonna make us sick. Yeah, they're new infected zombies, but they decide that's their only option. So they open the door, kill the zombies, and run through. Um, it was a pretty cool scene. I thought this episode had had some stuff like this, where we got some intense scariness, and uh, you know, the dark helped in this in you know for this episode, and uh, a lot of cool killing too
1: yeah it was pretty cool stuff
0: like there was a double decapitation here by michonne there was she got the sword in and took two heads off at once that was awesome they go through the door they run up the stairs and uh they come into another hall more awesome katana kills (laughs) i made a note of right here yeah (laughs) they get to the end of the hall though and they have to break a window and jump out onto um like an awning, kind of? What do you call that? It
1: was an overhang, or a um, it was a covered walkway. Right, because you know, if you're going from building A to building B, they cover the
0: walkway so you don't get rained on. Exactly. Um, but uh, So Bob jumps out of the window with a little bit too much gusto and almost goes <laughs> right off the covering. His bag goes over, but he's yeah. got one hand on it. He's struggling to pull it up from the zombies. And the others are telling him to let it go, but he does not let go of this bag because, of course, the important medication is in there, right?
1: Well, uh, yes.
0: And he doesn't want to lose that. Yeah. But what happens is when he does pull it up, some sort of bottle of booze falls out. And uh, Daryl says, there's no medication in your bag. There's only booze. (laughs) And uh, things get rather intense at this point between Daryl and Bob. Yeah. Daryl goes to throw it away, and
1: Bob fingers his gun. Like, don't do that. Yeah. I couldn't believe he did that. That's pretty intense. That's a pretty intense thing to do. I mean... Like, for a bottle of booze, you're going to th- make a a threat like that? Especially after putting the other bottle away and then
0: confessing to Daryl that, you know, this kid died because of what I did, and I, I used to have this problem, but I'm working on it. Yeah. You know? Now, all of a sudden, well, he's decided to relapse, I guess, and he was willing to draw his gun on someone who was about to throw that away. Yeah. Pretty crazy.
1: It, yeah, and I'm not entirely sure I believe that wild swing in emotion. I don't necessarily believe that he would have that confession, which is a very empowering thing to be able to, uh, to confess something like that, and to have uh, that confession of weakness be uh, responded to with support. Mm -hmm. Right. So that kind of thing. I'm not sure you swing from that to finding a bottle of booze, stealing it and willing to threaten somebody with a firearm if they uh, are trying to throw it away. Yeah. The same person that gave you the support.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, though, like maybe his confession was totally not honest. Like maybe he. That's what happened, though. I mean, but even when he was doing it, like maybe he was just trying to hide the fact he was confessing, saying, I'm working on this so everyone would not focus on it. Right. I know they didn't know about it at the time, but if he just started bringing booze and chugging it back and all this kind of thing, they'd be like, you have a problem. We got to do something about this.
1: I, I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't think that it was fake. Or uh, in in or disingenuous in any way, and second of all, even if it was, he still got support from it mm-hmm. from Daryl, so that would be empowering in and of itself. Right. So I I don't necessarily believe uh, that swing to defending booze with uh you know a threat of
0: yeah. Death. And if I if I'm not mistaken, the confession came before they. Did it come before? I, I mean, I just did the damn thing here. But did it come before or after he found the bottle
1: in oh, the before. gas station? Before, because right? that's what—that's uh, why Daryl was so upset with this. Yeah, because it's just you know, uh, you know, after all that confession now you have this bottle and no. you've got no medicine
0: no i know but did it come did he confess to daryl before they went in and found the bottle like if he confessed while he had the bottle in his bag no he didn't
1: okay it was before they found the bottle all right because then they got in the car then they drove away then they got out of the car and went into the uh the hospital
0: no but he found the bottle at the gas station i think no no yeah didn't he no no I think the bottle was with those things on the floor. He saw the books and stuff like that. That was at the gas station, wasn't it? No, I think that
1: was at the uh, <laughs> at the clinic.
0: <laughs> uh, you think <clears throat> we could know since we just went through it here? Yeah. Um, okay, well we'll check that. Either way, your point is that he, you know, he got support from Daryl, yeah, and now all of a sudden he's, you know, just gone with it again, gone yeah. back to the booze, yeah. Um, so, in the same day, you know, three days later, sure, sure, yeah, like in the same, like two hours later, it might have been, you know, yeah. not even. So, Daryl basically confronts him about it, and uh, right there, right then and there. And, um, I thought he was gonna throw him off, I thought he was gonna push him off that thing to the zombies below for a second, really. Well,
1: it, Daryl was pissed. I thought the bottle was gonna go flying, but I don't think that, uh, Honestly, what I thought was going to happen was that uh, he would j- drop the bag, mm-hmm. Spooky would drop the bag, and then the bottle would come flying out, and they would see it, mm-hmm. and he'd be like,
0: <laughs> 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 it's gone anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I when Daryl got his forehead right up against Bob's forehead, basically, and I, he was pushing him back, and I thought he was going to push him yeah. off that awning or that covering.
1: That never occurred to me. That thought never occurred to me.
0: Um, but Ty says you know let it go the man's made his choice he's made his choice there's nothing you can do about it yeah Bob is a broken individual and D- but Daryl says he will beat his ass I think he says he'll beat his ass if he ever takes one sip um because
1: he lets him keep the booze doesn't he yeah he keep lets him keep no he if he keeps if uh Uh, I don't remember exactly what happened because, yes, it had to do with if you take one sip while trying to and somebody dies kind of thing. Yeah, he said
0: giving people the medicine. If you take one sip, I'll beat your ass. Yeah. So uh, Daryl's the man. They um, are talking. They get down off of there, I guess, and get away from that crowd of zombies, (laughs) which we don't see. Right. And uh, they're talking about what way to go, and they decide to take Highway 100, a seven-hour trip back to the prison yeah man they are far out and uh michonne at this point tells daryl that the governor's trail went cold and that she doesn't need to go out anymore right so she's sticking around they get in the car and they drive back to the prison silently so that's the one story that's one (laughs) here we are we've only been going for half an hour so it's fine we're good these recaps are usually at least an hour anyways that's the one story the food run Rick and Carol so let's start with them at the beginning of the episode they're in their Hyundai having just left the prison Carol accuses Rick of not trusting her that's why she had to come on this run because she feels that uh, he doesn't want to let her out of his sight right fair enough to be honest yeah and uh, she tries to justify the murder of Karen and David because they were suffering Carol says somebody had to try something rather than just let them lie there and die yeah they arrive at a group of houses some sort of sub development i guess Mm -hmm. and they find another car that's recently been parked there they deduce and it says pardon our dust on the side Mm -hmm. kind of kind of funny but they said the front windscreen has
1: been wiped clean recently
0: wiped clean so it's only been there a day or two probably uh yeah people have recently abandoned that car they enter a house very carefully they start searching a main floor bathroom for medicine. Now, the one thing I thought here is Rick opens the door to a bathroom, goes in. It's dark. He, Do you know what I had my problem with this scene was? Didn't check the shower? He did not check the closed shower right behind him. Yeah. You, you could see the reflection in the mirror of the shower curtain closed across a bathtub, I guess. He didn't check. Nope. I'm like, man, it's at least pull it back and check what's in there. Yeah. He's obviously lost his edge. Clearly. Lucky there was nothing in there. Yeah. Um, He's searching for medicine. A zombie, they hear a zombie. It's coming down the stairs and uh, it falls down the stairs, I guess. And Rick pulls Carol out of the way, which I thought was cool. And then they stab it in the head and kill it. No real threat. It was just coming down the stairs. And uh, suddenly two people Two living people come out of a door at the top of the stairs. Yeah, they found somebody. And they offer them fruit. They say...
1: (laughs) Catch. Yeah. Or don't. Or don't. He throws (laughs) a peach down and it
0: just (laughs) bounces off the floor. That's cool. Uh, We cut to Carol bandaging the guy up. Apparently, he has a dislocated shoulder. So it's a guy and a girl. Sam, I think, is the guy's name. And I don't know that we ever got the woman's name. I don't recall I'll have to check the uh check the credits on this one but uh, I didn't have time because I was on two planes and two cars earlier today yes (laughs) anyways his name is Sam I'm pretty sure and uh she determines that he's got a dislocated shoulder she pops it back into place for him yep she knows what she's doing yep and they talk about what their story is there is a greenhouse nearby but it uh, and the the roof was broken, so rain got in and kept everything growing. Yeah, which is good. He they say they've been in the house for a couple of days, and they ask why wouldn't you just take out that one walker? It's right there. And she said we have five or six bullets, and it takes us that many to kill one skin eater usually. <laughs> yeah, skin eater, which right. is a different term. It is. And she also has a bad leg from a trampling mob they got stuck in at some point yeah. early on. Um. So they're both
1: injured in some way.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they were hiding in the bathroom, basically. And they say they keep moving, but they also ask what Rick and Carol's setup is like. And the scene finishes before a commercial with Rick saying, so how many of you killed? Yeah. So he's starting his three-question interrogation. When we come back, Carol says that uh, it's time to move on, search other houses. But Rick tells them that they are in a prison, But there's a bad flu. So if you come back with us, you know. We can't guarantee your safety. Yeah. I mean, you might be safer, but you might get sick and die anyways. And uh, Carol, they talk about the kids having it. And Carol refers to the girls as hers, which I thought was interesting.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. Because she, yeah, because Lizzie called her mom and said, don't do that. Then all of a sudden, it's her girls. Her girls, yeah. And Rick gave her a look, too, didn't he?
0: Yeah, Rick totally gave her a look. Um, we got to talk about Rick and Carol a little bit when, when we're through this because uh, there's some interesting dynamics going on here between the two of them. Yeah. Um, Carol suggests that these two people, Sam and his girlfriend, help search, um, uh, search the rest of the houses. But Rick is not so on board with this. He wants them to just wait here. We'll come back and get you. Right. Uh, but they beg to help because they don't want to stand around doing nothing and eventually Rick relents and says meet back here in two hours and he gives him his watch so he knows how long to uh to be right <laughs> it's what watches are for uh we go to Rick and Carol now in another house they talk about whether it was right to bring back the people and Carol says if anybody is strong enough to help survive then it was the right call yeah you know um I guess she's just more open to new people joining the group. And Rick is still really worried about bringing bad people in who don't necessarily seem like bad people right off the bat. Right. Uh, she confronts him about, you know, the killing of Karen and David again, I guess she doesn't confront him, but she says, uh, she says, you haven't said anything about this. Don't we need to talk about this some more? Yeah. And, uh, you know, Carol says, you can't just be a farmer. You can be a farmer, but you also have to be a, a leader or a decision-maker. Right. Um, and Carol then reminds Rick that he's killed people, too. He so, has. you know, to protect the group. And I guess she was referring to uh, Tomas. Because Rick says, but he was going to kill me.
1: Oh, no, uh, Shane.
0: But Shane was already a zombie. I think she... I think he... I think she... Carol meant Tomas, because Rick... He, they were standing looking at each other. He was not a zombie, and Rick oh, killed, yeah, him, right? okay. yep. killed him. yeah, that's Right? Killed him. Um, that's the only one I could think of, although I didn't think of Shane at the time, but Shane had already already died. And technically, Rick killed, or uh, Carl killed Carl Shane. Carl killed Shane, yeah, okay. Well, Carl killed zombie Shane. Rick stabbed
1: Shane, so anyway. Well, that's the thing, is that that's the what team I was thinking, effort. that uh, when, you know, Shane died because of the argument with Rick, right? right. So, uh, but they were, he, Shane was trying to kill him. Mm -hmm. right so it's the same situation that's what i was thinking okay
0: it kind of works but i i think tomas is the one person he's killed like straight away who wasn't at risk of dying soon anyways right but carol asks if rick thought it would the flu would kill judith or carl wouldn't he have done it too right protect his family they come out of the house they're behind it they find some tomatoes growing they're out by the greenhouse now i guess Picking Tomatoes, and they have a big conversation here about basically Carol and Rick's past um, past family life, right? Rick, Carol's talking about how Ed was an abusive husband, that she didn't want to be alone, so she stayed with him. And uh, she didn't know at the time that she could be strong,
1: but clearly now she knows that. She, she said uh, she didn't know she could be strong, but she already was. Right. Be, you know, staying with her husband and enduring all of that stuff mm-hmm. was already strength, like being able to endure that. So she just applied it in a different direction.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and sh- and um, Rick talks about, you know, life, uh, life with Lori and <laughs> her making terrible pancakes <laughs> and stuff. And it was just a way of showing, I think, um, yeah, Carol was in this bad relationship but was dealing with it. Uh, and I think it was a contrast of their past lives a little bit. She was in a bad situation. Rick was in a not a perfect situation family-wise, but they were working on it. He said that, you know, that's... She made bad pancakes because that's the kind of family they wanted to be. Yeah, she
1: wanted wanted to be in a family that made pancakes on Sundays. Yeah, exactly, even though they were terrible.
0: And, you know, so Rick's story is more or less about a happy family, And Carol's sort of the other end of that, right? Right. Um, So they come around the house, though, after the tomato picking, and they find the unnamed woman dead. Yeah. Uh, At least they find her leg.
1: And and a couple of zombies eating uh, something.
0: Well, eating her over in the driveway. Well,
1: it was, yeah, obviously. But it was just, it wasn't readily apparent. We saw the leg with the tattoo on it so that we could identify what they were eating. Exactly.
0: So she's dead and uh they they go they go back inside they're waiting for sam but he never makes it back and uh, i thought it was interesting here carol's like we gotta go let's leave but rick wants to keep waiting another couple of minutes which i thought was weird because originally he didn't want to bring them uh
1: or he didn't even want them to help at all right he didn't want them to leave yes so he wants to bring them in so th- this was consistent for me because he wanted to bring them in. He just didn't want to risk their lives before that because they were injured.
0: Okay, and so, I guess she sort of talked him into it, and now and now he wanted to wait for him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense, I suppose. Um, but uh, Carol says it doesn't matter if he's alive. We have to go. Right. He may be still out there. We got to go.
1: And and they told him where the prison was, right? They said we we're in a prison about eight miles. Some uh, South of here or something like that. That's true. They gave them a direction, yeah. at least. So you can also leave a note, right? Yeah, that's true. We're in a prison, eight miles south of here. We got to go, but you'll find it. Come say hi. Yeah. There's a car outside.
0: That's true. Your car is out there. Well, yes, but uh, we'll get to that. All right. Carl... Um uh carol i wrote Carl, haha <laughs> as i said carol says that it doesn't matter if he's alive they have to go which is a really cold decision and rick just stares at her right at this point he doesn't say anything he just stares at her and i think this is the point that he made his final ultimate decision for what's about to happen what comes next and what comes next is that rick and carol are packing the car the she goes to open the passenger side and the door is locked which i thought was a nice touch (laughs) (laughs) a nice touch it was the first sign that something might be going on here yeah and rick says to her that karen and david might have lived and it wasn't carol's decision to make to kill them he says that when tyrese finds out he'll kill you and the others they won't want you there and he says if everybody else dies and it's just us i won't want you there either yeah it was harsh man pretty harsh (laughs) And so Carol, at this point, realizes what's starting to happen here. And that is, of course, that Rick is telling her she's not coming back to the prison with him. Yep. He banishes her. Can you believe that? Yep. My God. And uh, she kind of continues to defend herself a little bit. She says things like, at least I did something. I stepped up. You know, I tried. And uh, Carol wants, she says she wants Lizzie and Mika. But Rick says, nope, we'll keep them safe. You're on your own and uh he says that she's strong and you'll survive out there when she finds others and starts over it's intense yep so he gives her some gas and i guess some basic supplies and tells her to get in the car get in the other car and drive away before she does she pulls out a watch that she got from ed of all people and she gives it to rick and says i should have given this away a long time ago yeah now was she giving it to rick or does she want Rick to give it to Lizzie?
1: No, she was giving it to Rick because he gave up his watch, and she and he needs a watch.
0: Well, I I did think he, of that, but I think I thought maybe at first she's like, "Give this to the girls for me," because I'm never going to see them again.
1: No, I thought it was a replacement for the watch that he uh, he gave Sam. Okay. Um, she gets in the
0: car and drives away. Yep. Just drives off into the sunset. Um, the episode ends with Rick driving back alone uh, checks his rearview mirror a few times and we cut the black so what'd you think of this episode I liked it
1: me too I thought it was very intense and watching it with a uh, a group of people was excellent because everybody was yelling no no you can't do that to Carol
0: it was pretty awesome the crowd was the crowd was clearly shocked and surprised yeah at this ending and I was too. I was, uh, you know, I was thinking to myself that this episode is the first one to, like, shock me with something like this in a long time. Really? It was. It This surprised me. Totally came out of nowhere. I never imagined that he was going to send her away and be like, that's it. I don't want you around anymore. I thought when he said, if it's just you and me and maybe my my kids left, he said, I won't want you there. I thought he was going to say, I'd kill you, too. Huh. like
1: crazy town I think we're we're getting into the uh we don't kill the living kind of thing and then he's going Rick's gonna have to do it he's gonna have to kill somebody again like Mm -hmm. he's done it before Mm -hmm. uh but he's gonna have to do it again and then uh eventually Carol's coming back like she's not gone there's no way in hell that they're gonna write her off the show
0: no um I don't think so either Carol's not gonna be written off the show we might not see her for a little while um but she's not off the show no that would be that would just be wrong i mean uh but but you know if rick is going with this we don't kill the living attitude i mean isn't this kind of a death sentence anyways isn't this worse by sending her out on her own with no supplies or or very little
1: supplies no because he believes that uh that she is capable of making it that's what he says but you, you i could,
0: believe it too you could argue that no one is capable of making it alone in this world
1: i'm not sure what look at morgan He's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's doing just fine. Well, he's a little bit crazy, but he's surviving. Maybe you have to be that mentally unstable. No, I don't think so. I think it is cap- you, people are capable of surviving on their own. Carol has uh, a lot of marketable skills in this, uh, in this world. If she does meet up with another group, she's, uh, I think she'll be taken in and, and be fine and even if she doesn't i think she's quite capable of surviving on her own
0: i'll 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 concede that i do think she is capable of surviving on her own i still think um i still think it is only a very small step up from um you know basically sentencing her to exile yeah, or but, death well,
1: banishment is is harsh and, yeah. it, and it is a harsh punishment and it was a harsh punishment when it was imposed on people because mm-hmm. uh you do need a uh, a society or a group of people in order to survive in this harsh cruel world yeah uh so banishing someone is uh, is tough especially banishing someone from uh people you care about yeah right that's that's uh, that's that that's very tough for sure
0: um yeah, anyways, I, like I said, this is the first thing that really surprised me in a while in this show, and this is the best episode of this season so far. Yeah, it was my, very, in, very good. In my opinion, it was very good. Uh, the first one was great. It's a little downswing there in two and three, but this one I thought was fantastic. It's kind of a bottle episode. You're right. It's It focuses on something, two very specific storylines, um, but I think they did this really, really well in this one. Right. Um. Now, regardless of what we think about uh, what Rick did, do you think he made the right decision to send her away on her own? No. No? No. You So better for her to face the music at the prison?
1: Uh, I think the best thing would be to not tell Tyrese what happened. Really? Just go on like nothing happened, like nothing
0: was wrong? Yeah. Or that it's an unknown? But see, Rick puts himself in harm's way then because Tyrese was so adamant that he find who did this
1: that's true Tyrese is going to be pissed one way or the other so was Rick saving a life by doing this I don't know uh I don't know I think he's just uh I think he's making unilateral decisions based on his own moral code Mm -hmm. which uh is a struggle but isn't necessarily uh the correct It, it shouldn't be law his moral code shouldn't be law. Well,
0: I don't know. I, somebody's
1: got to make, you know, make the laws or the decisions like this. Yes, but having, like like I said, Carol's got some very marketable skills and she's needed. Like she's, uh, you know, getting rid of somebody in a group uh, for doing something what they believe is in, uh, you know, the benefit of that group mm-hmm. is is a, is a tough thing to do. And I don't think it's necessarily the right thing to do. You need to band together one sure. way or the other. You can talk it out and say, no, that was wrong, but you don't get rid of them because of it. You uh, you you appeal to their higher judgment and you appeal to their uh, their sense of duty, and you, you know have convinced them that they shouldn't do that. Yeah, I you know, I think I'm with you
0: generally, but I just am trying to not let myself be clouded. Or swayed by the fact that I don't want to see Melissa McBride leave the show. Yeah. You know, I... I and I don't
1: think she is going to leave the show.
0: No, I don't either. But, uh, but I, I you know, in the back of my mind, I don't want my feeling of Rick... This isn't the right thing for him to do to be because of something stupid like that, right? right. I want to try to analyze the characters, the motivations, and what we saw on screen within the context of the TV show and, and the story. Right. And it comes down to that I... I think I agree with you. I don't think Rick did the right thing here. The right thing would probably be to try to take her back, you know, ha- and have an airing of the grievances basically, put everything out on the table in the open, right? And then try to work things out. And,
1: and then have feats of strength. Why
0: not have a tractor pull after? Yeah. Right.
1: Well, you're doing that's festivus, right? The airing of the grievances, wasn't that from Seinfeld?
0: <laughs> yeah, but I didn't think of that when I was saying it. I was just like, get it all out there in the open, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, no. And then the uh, I think also festivus included uh, feats of strength.
0: Okay, feats of strength, <laughs> fine. <laughs>
1: so we'll do some of that. Yeah.
0: But but because and and I think that because I do think Carol throughout this episode made some good points. She's like, at least I tried something. Yeah. I mean, yes, I killed people, but at least, you know, they were the ones who were sick at the time. And by golly, if I'd killed them and burned them and nobody else got sick, you'd be, you know, everyone would be praising me with the exception of possibly Tyrese right now.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure that that's
0: true. Uh, Or at least nobody would be sick and there'd be nobody at risk dying and we wouldn't have four characters out, you know, being almost killed somewhere else and they wouldn't be out risking their lives. I mean they'd be in a better situation even though two people had to
1: die right so if Rick okay so if Rick banished Carol and that is uh, tantamount to a death sentence like you say Mm -hmm. let's say it is Mm -hmm. uh, that means that Rick made a unilateral decision to kill somebody for the betterment of the group and that's exactly what Carol did and he's no better than her exactly so where does it end? Right? So what, what what happens now? Does uh, does Daryl have to banish him from the group? Now you have to leave? Well, everybody is close to somebody. And that's the other
0: thing. When Daryl finds out that Rick expelled his kind of girlfriend, he's not going to be happy about it, right? So yeah. just like you said, Daryl's going to be like, okay, now you got to leave. But then Carl's going to be pissed. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're right. It's a chain of expulsion.
1: Yeah. it's uh, It's a big mess obviously, but human interaction is generally a big mess. There's no clean, easy answers. There's no not necessarily any right answer. Mm-hmm. If there's an easy answer that is right, that's just such a weird coincidence. Yeah, that never happens. No, it never happens. So, Well,
0: in any case, I was super surprised. I did not see this coming at all. Did yeah. not see this coming. I was fully expecting some kind of Confrontation between Carol and Tyrese primarily, but possibly with people sort of aligning with both sides because there are arguable points either way. Yeah.
1: I I wonder what's going to happen now whether he's going to, whether he is going to go back and tell Tyrese the truth and say, yeah, she did it, but I banished her, Mm -hmm. or whether he'll go back and lie. Mm -hmm. Somebody suggested that he might hit the, at the, uh, the live uh, podcast we were doing um last night that he might lie and say that the zombies got her yeah which is entirely possible and that'd be the easy answer too
0: but that's not the the right thing to do no absolutely she's, not she's gonna walk up one day and be like here i am and then tyrese knows that rick made something up too or you know and
1: rick could just go oh i'm sorry i forgot i locked her in a room with a zombie i assumed it <laughs> ate I, her yeah <laughs> well that's you know that's what uh, the evil masterminds do Yes. You know, set up an obvious situation where you just assume that they die. And then leave them be. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, there's lots of things, lots of potential outcomes here, and I'm curious to see where it goes. Now, the other thing that occurred to me, as soon as Rick said, you will find other people. Didn't you think that
1: Carol's clearly going to run into the, the governor? I don't know if she'll run into the governor, but she might run into the radio people. Oh, the radio people, yes. We know there are other people out there. We've seen two campsites around the prison Uh with other people Uh that uh, are not faring very well. So we know there are more people out there. And we've just, in this very episode, ran into Sam and that other lady Mm -hmm. that are holed up in a house. So there's lots of people kicking around as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Uh, There's the radio people, there's the governor, uh, and then there's all the, a bunch of, you know,
0: unknown people. I just thought maybe... This is how they're going to reintroduce the governor. We're going to have a few episodes in a row. You know, maybe we're going to go, what have we had, four now? We're going to have five, six, seven of them dealing with stuff back at the prison, people getting better, maybe, you know, stuff happening here and there. And then we're going to have Carol um, re, uh, running into the governor and his new Big group, likely a large he, group. Why would he have a large group? Large ish group. He's, no, he's, he's not, got him and his two schmoes, and that's it. No, he's no way. He's going to have more. He might not be their leader per se, like he was with Woodbury, but he's going to be a part of another community, I think. You think so? I think so. And Carol's going to run into that community. Now, Carol knows what
1: happened with the governor, but she didn't have any direct interaction did she i was just thinking that we need to know what carol's i don't think she had any direct inter- interaction with the governor
0: no andrea clearly did yeah. michonne clearly yeah. did rick knows all about him daryl knows all about him tyrese knows all about him sasha they all know everything
1: glenn of course and maggie i don't
0: think carol carol never really did
1: she other than uh axel getting shot right in front of right beside her and then him uh, her using axel as a shield yeah, which we talked to Lou Temple we about. We talked to Lou Temple about that. That was awesome.
0: <laughs> that was cool. That was a bit of a saving grace for his death, he said. At least that was useful after death. That's right. <laughs> um, but but yeah, Carol didn't have that direct, communi- direct confrontation with the governor, right? Yeah. Ex- like she was there when the governor came and attacked and so on and so on, and she fought him off a little bit. Yeah. But she was doing that because... There was a more general threat to her well-being and the other people she was with were like, you got to help us out. This guy's not so nice. Yeah. So she's going to go see the governor and be like, okay, I remember he's not cool, but I can't go back there and I need to go here. Maybe she's going to switch sides.
1: Yeah. I I don't believe that that's going to happen f- for a couple of reasons. One, I don't think the governor's going to be in charge of any large group. I think he's going to be a homeless man with like a big beard and scruffy hair and he's going to smell real bad. And he's going to be living off of, uh, you know, cat food and squirrels. Mm. And I don't think he's going if, to, if, if his two schmoes are hanging out with him, I think that uh, they're going to just be, you know, keeping, uh, taking pity on him and feeding him out of some sense of weird loyalty for this uh, crazy broken man. Okay. First of all. Uh, second of all, I don't think Carol's going to run into the governor. I think Carol's going to end up with the radio people. So it'll be all new. Yeah. It'll be a
0: new crew of people. What if the radio people are the community that the governor's with, but like I said,
1: he's just not their leader. He's just another guy. Well, he could be. He could be the village idiot. <laughs> like, I, ver- I just think he's, he's going to be a broken little man that uh, that is going to have a really long beard and uh, just in the, in the interim time between the last season and this season, he's just going to be uh, essentially a babbling idiot that the only reason he survived is on, out of the pity of others. Right. So yes, he might be a part of that radio people group, but he's not going to be anywhere near the leader. I don't think think he's even going to be uh able to communicate. I think he's just going to be this babbling drooling uh, mess in the corner that they feed scraps to.
0: Yeah, I don't know. He's got to be a big part of the show, though. And so- Oh, I
1: think that to, once the cameras are on him, like this is the same problem I had before, is that this group was doing fine until us and the camera crew showed up, right? I think the same thing's going to happen with the governor. He's going to be that mess for the last eight months or whatever, and as soon as the cameras show up, that's where he's going to have a turning point. And he's going to shave his beard, and he's going to get cleaned up, and he's going to take control, and he's going to get control of this group. But when we find him, he's going to be a mess. All right. I,
0: I, I see what you're saying. He's been working up to, uh, he's he'll be, he'll have, he'll be, he's a mess, but he's been working up to getting it together. Yeah. Or maybe he's working undercover, right, with this new group. He's just laying low, keeping it easy, and maybe, you know, I doubt it. And that That's what I think is going to happen. All right, because he's going to, he's going to have to be some sort of, you know, big threat later on, you would right. think, anyways, unless they take it in its whole different route,
1: but I don't know. I think he's going to be so distraught over the death of Andrea, his one true love, that uh, and his daughter, yeah, and his daughter, and uh, that he's just going to be a complete disaster. Okay. Yet And it. Milton, oh my God, he lost Milton too. Yeah, that's right. Poor Milton. He's such a broken man now. But he'll he lost get it. All his best
0: friends that he loved so much. He'll get it together. Yeah. Um. All right. So, yeah, this was a this was a great great episode. It was. I think they did amazing stuff with. Uh, with the Rick and Carol stuff. I think um, I said on our podcaster panel that I'm one of the things I'm most looking forward to is
1: the story they're going to tell with Bob. And I think they're, they're starting it already. You know, I had a fear that Bob was going to die too. You know, now that you mention it uh, again, that uh, you, did you, you, do you want to mention your theory about, people like the when we saw a bunch of the actors signing their autographs and such uh, you were uh, my theory was that
0: because we're we've only seen up four episodes of this season yet they've filmed all of them and uh you know some people let's say someone dies in episode five they wouldn't have been filming anything after that right or very, very little yeah likely and so The actors in real life now, way in the future from when they were filming, might have all different hairstyles and things like that. So you got to look at the hair. So for example, if Herschel was at this, or Scott Wilson was at Walker Stalker Con and his beard was shaved and his hair was all nice and combed and everything was fine, you might be like, oh, Herschel was killed off and he
1: got rid of the beard finally. Exactly. Now, uh, when we met uh, Lawrence Gilliard Jr., who plays Bob Stuckey, Mm -hmm. he was wearing a hat. Yes. But his hair was longer. Than in the show
0: under in the he, show. He's basically shaved bald in the show. Yes.
1: So he had maybe a quarter inch to uh, a half inch of hair.
0: If Bob, if Lauren, if, uh, what did Chad call
1: him? LG. If LG hasn't shot
0: anything in six weeks, he'd have a quarter inch of hair growth. Yeah.
1: So that's why I thought maybe he's going to die. And a hat on. Yeah. So. And a hat on which to hide that fact. <laughs> yes, exactly. So this is, this is my fear as well. So I think uh, when I was watching the episode, I was thinking, oh, they're not going to kill him off right now. But because they brought up the alcoholism thing. Mm -hmm. And I had a fear that that alcoholism thing was just, that was it. It was just going to be played out. They're going to kill Bob Stuckey and that'll be the end of it. Yeah. And I would rage against the TV and I would bang my (laughs) fists and, you know, pound and yell and scream and stuff because I want more. Yes. But I had a fear that that was going to be, you know, they brought it up again. Uh, That was the whole story and Bob Stuckey's dead. But uh, luckily, he's, he lives for another episode. Yeah, but he could die at any time. But I still have a fear, yeah, because right. his hair was longer. But everybody else looked exactly the same that was living. I mean, we've met a lot of the actors that have died. And other, fine.
0: other than deny, but on the show, she wears a big wig. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine.
1: Uh, we anyway, know uh, that. Yes, Exactly. So that that you can't use the theory on her, right? Well, she's not going to die anyway. She's too way too popular. Yeah, exactly. in the comic, in the TV show, she's uh,
0: she's solid. Rita's has the same hair. Melissa McBride has the same hair, more or less. Although yep. it's a little longer in real life than it is on the show, but that's because that was shot eight weeks ago or whatever it is. Right, probably more than that, and. Um, I think everyone else we
1: saw pretty much had consistent hairstyles. Yeah. <laughs> and you also mentioned that uh, maybe they're contractually obligated to maintain their hairstyle until the TV show where they die, the episode that they die in airs. It could be. Could and, be. And that, that that's a valid point. And I think that, that uh, that's probably pretty smart. And if they don't do that, uh, AMC, you should get that in their contracts because that's a smart idea. Yeah.
0: Hairstyle contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, what else? Is there anything else about this episode? I think it was fantastic. It was good. As, as was I said, good. I'm really looking forward to see where we go from here. I wonder if we're going to see Carol for a while, or if we're going to pick up right where we left off, and we're going to see her out
1: by herself foraging for food
0: and trying to survive on her own.
1: We get, uh, you know, Carol's not a secondary character, right? Right. We get stories that are just her. We could. Like we, we, we we get, uh, not stories, but we get scenes where it's just her. She's yes. not a, a tag-on character where... Uh, uh, everything is done in the context of somebody else. That's right. Right. So uh, l- uh, hopefully, you know, we'll actually get her story. I think we'll get her story as the uh, the episodes progress. Yeah. Like, we're not just going to – she's not just going to disappear for the next three or four episodes and then show up again. We
0: might we might take one off with her while they deal with other stuff, but
1: I, th- yeah. I think if we take one off, it'll be a bottle episode. Mm. Like, it's not just going to be just her. Yeah. Like we didn't get any Glenn, Maggie, or Herschel in this one at all. Uh, I think that if we get another bottle episode that doesn't have a number of people, I think Carol might, you know, not show up there as well. Right.
0: Okay. Well, excellent. Uh, We're not going to do holy crap today. Sorry, everybody. Uh, We
1: need to get some sleep. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just a matter of timing to compile that kind of stuff. Yeah, with all all the We literally walked in the door came downstairs unpacked all the stuff that we had uh, brought to the uh, to the walker stalker con set up the microphone sat down and said hi my name is chris and my name is jason exactly and so we haven't really had time to compile it
0: so we're gonna do our wednesday podcast with feedback we will do holy crap then right. and feedback so it'll be a bigger show for everybody um but right now this is all we got yeah sorry uh so in the meantime though no. Uh, let's wrap it up here. If you want to give us a call, it's 1-866-483-9662. Toll free call. I've been way, way more active on Twitter lately. I don't know what it is, but it's been it was fun tweeting all uh, all weekend at the convention. That's at Talking Dead on there. Using up my data roaming. Oh my god. Facebook.com slash the Dead uh, where lots of stuff is going on there too. And of course, send email to Talking at gmail.com. So those are all the ways to contact us. Cool, cool. So Wednesday coming up. Holy crap, did you see that? Listener feedback, get those into us and uh, we'll get it on the show if we can. It just means I got to compile as much of it I as much of it as I can tomorrow mm-hmm. and then, you know, during the day on Wednesday if I can. So get those in. And uh, until then for the talking dead my name is chris my name is jason thanks for listening and for coming to walker stalker con
1: yeah thanks it was great meeting a lot of people it was so much fun
0: it was awesome we did meet a bunch of listeners we did uh and and other podcasters and everybody it was just really really cool so thanks to all you people for going thanks to everyone for listening i hope you enjoyed our our updates while we were there and uh this podcast should have ended a minute ago
1: uh yeah bye